if I were to tell you that tomorrow mm-hmm. we're moving to Ireland, what would you say? I'd ask if you were serious. And if I said yes. I'd say okay, why? Because I want to. That's not a good enough reason. Because it inspires me. I don't buy that one either. Because I want to try and meet Bono. (laughs) I'd believe that one. We've already been to like all of his hangouts apparently and you've never seen him. Well, that's why I need to move back there. So you keep on trying tenacity and all. Gotcha. Hello from Brussels, or should I say bonjour, or maybe hello? For the record, we're not moving back to Ireland, at least not yet. And in all seriousness, Crystal would go to the end of the world and back again to support any real why that I have. For now, however, we've returned to the south of France and are enjoying warmer days and really cold nights. I was thinking, I recall the first time that we arrived in France the last spring. We had booked a flight from Lisbon to Paris, where we had rented a van big enough for us all. We knew the airport we were flying into, Bouvard, wasn't super close to Paris, but that was okay. We had our super big near bus status vehicle reserved. After a crazy Ryanair flight, and if you've never ridden Ryanair, well, let's just say you get what you pay for. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. We arrived and walked to the rental call area to pick up our van. I pulled my phone out just to see if I had received any messages while we were in the air and noticed I only had E, which means edge, which means early 2000s mobile data speed. Yikes. We got to the rental desk. The lady, she takes our name, a reservation number, and she says something in French not very kind to her computer and walks to the back to sort something out. At least, we were hoping she was sorting something out. Like I said, she didn't look very happy. She came back and said, with finality, I'm sorry, it looks like we've rented your vehicle last night. But I've already paid for it, I said. It's not here. We rented it out last night. I'm not sure why, she responds. I felt like, at this point, she was just hoping I was just going to shrug and go away. But I had my wife and six kids with me, and it turns out calling Bouva Airport being close to Paris is like calling Surrey close to Vancouver, or Brighton close to London, or White Plains close to Manhattan. And I had edge speed on my phone. Have you any other large vehicles, I ask? Have you anything else that might work for us? She then gets mad at me, as though I'm blaming her for renting out our big van last night. Eventually, after a frustrating game of where's the strongest internet signal and three hours of trying to rebook our first week in France, we found something on the other side of Paris and took a taxi van to that hotel. The taxi van, advertising special deals for people who managed to piece together at least eight people, had, in big white letters written on the side, special price for parties of eight. It was a gift from above. And this is The Natecast. Episode 6. So 
So I'm in Brussels this week, and I'm recording from my Airbnb room, which kind of reminds me of something a monk might sleep in. I attended a conference put on by the Safer Internet Center, a European association of Safer Internet Centers around Europe. I attended another one of their events put on by the same group last month in Berlin. Most of the people attending have dedicated their professional life, and often a lot of personal time as well, to helping kids be safe online, while also providing invaluable resources to high-risk or vulnerable kids and teens. At the last event in Berlin, I was invited to attend as an honorary member of the Southwest Grid for Learning. The Southwest Grid, or as I sometimes like to try and call them, Swiffigl, are one of three organizations that make the UK's Safer Internet Centre. The Internet Watch Foundation is one which has the incredibly difficult job of receiving tips about illegal or harmful content and then working with industry and law enforcement to get the content taken down. The other group, ChildNet International, which works with students and public to promote safer and smarter digital citizenship for students, parents, and teachers. I met them first when I was working with Disney, great group, and then Swivel. (laughs) aka Southwest Grid for Learning, which, amongst other things, they all do all sorts of things, manages a couple of critical hotlines, one for people to report revenge porn, sensitive images that were posted without the permission of the person in the image, and a helpline for teachers and professionals to get help, dealing with challenging cases involving social media and, you know, that kind of thing. Being part of these meetings, it was an honor, and I was reminded again of how important these organizations and these people are. It was also really wonderful to dig back into this world again. There are so many great products out there, as well as some that really aren't. And as I listen to the various researchers, thinkers, legislators, and social workers talk, the one thing that just kept on nagging at me was how fortunate the kids who have parents to help protect them are. There's this one conversation, this panel, about parental consent. That's the process of having verified parental consent or... Parents provide permission for a child to use a product or services online. Like, when your child signs up for Club Penguin, they would provide their parents' email address, and before that child was allowed to play Club Penguin, the parent had to open the email and approve their child's use by clicking on the Approve link. There are different ways of obtaining parental consent, and there are all sorts of problems with the process. Thus, the debate. There's some new legislation coming into effect in Europe. It's called the GDPR. It's super fun. And it mostly cares about the way the EU citizens can expect their personal information to be treated by companies that collect and store their information. One of the pieces of legislation, bear with me here, it requires children under the age of 16 to get parental consent in order for their information to be collected at all. For products like Instagram and Twitter, it means that anyone under 16 will need to get verified parental consent. There's this other loose bit here which allows member countries to lower this to 13 if they want, but that's another conversation. As I was listening to this debate, I just kept on thinking how fortunate are the kids who this debate relates to, kids who have parents to get consent from, and who care about their online behavior and safety. But a lot of kids don't, which leads me to feel like this whole debate joins the far too many other debates that are currently happening, and they really only apply to the privileged As I was listening, I tweeted out, We keep on talking about parental consent, as though we live in a world where this is something all children have access to. Responsibly designing products for children means acknowledging that not all children have a parent who's looking out for their best interest. So to my product-making friends, many of you who really do think first about the most vulnerable users you serve... You deserve to be celebrated because responsible business should be celebrated and rewarded 
For those of you who are working on products and maybe getting lost in the legislative debates, engage in them, but don't let them be the reason you do or don't do something that keeps a child safe. Okay, so back to that conversation about moving to Ireland. It really was actually a great conversation that we captured several weeks ago. A really big theme of our conversation has been where we want to settle. We've returned to the south of France now because it seemed to beckon us to return. We're strongly considering making it home. But we've also thought quite a bit about England. The conversation that you were listening to, we're going to pick up on it again, and it picks up where we were talking about something that happened a little earlier that day. Crystal had asked if I'd even recognize Bono if I saw him. Obviously I would. But she questioned this because she's the least starstruck person I know. She made the craziest claim that she'd not even recognize anyone. And we laughed that the boutique hotel that she's going to open up one day will be the perfect getaway for famous people as she genuinely won't treat them any different than anyone else because she'll not realize that they're anyone different. Anyways, that day, Crystal and the kids, they had been in a museum in Berlin, and the Blue Man Group was shooting a promo in the same museum. She thought they looked funny, but didn't think anything of it. I'd have gotten a little starstruck. I'm not like her. I couldn't even tell you a movie star name. Come on, that's not true. Well, I was just about to... Oh, Tom Hanks. Okay, so Tom Hanks. Anyone else? You'd recognize Reese Witherspoon... Witherstone, Withers, Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon. Definitely. You just like butchered her name. Yes, that's her name. Aha, got her. Anyways, back to Ireland. So if I told you we were moving to Ireland tomorrow, mm-hmm. my why would have to be good. But as, assuming I could give up a good why, are you saying yes easily because you don't think I could give you a good why? Or yes easily because, sure, if I could give you a good reason, you'd be game? I think... The kids and I would be more than happy to move anywhere that has a strong why. Yeah, that's really true. I think that's why we've been having a difficult time trying to decide where we want to kind of touch the soil again more deeply is because of the strong why. I think so. I mean, I'm sure we could come up with reasons like why to go to England or why to go back to Ireland but I think that none of those reasons as of yet feel so compelling to give up I want to say meeting people and seeing places I mean I've had a pretty clear agenda in my mind of what it is that I want to see we loved Ireland though we loved Ireland. Yeah, we've got really good memories there. It was wonderful to have people in our own home. That's definitely something that we all really, really miss, is having people in our home. Because this is nice, and I would say that that's even part of my hesitation if I do have any about going to Ireland or England, even though I've never been to England. I know you've spent so much time there is that I feel like going to England is we're stopping traveling, even though I've never been there before, neither of the kids. Just kind of 
going back to a country that speaks English. I don't know. I mean, it, I think one of the things as we debrief our travels, it will be really interesting to see how our exposure to the different languages, you know, the little that we've learned and the much that we haven't, but even just, you know, how, how closely we've been able to understand the cultures by the amount that we've been able to understand the language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then how does Denmark fit into this? It doesn't. Hmm. Unless I do Transportation Inc. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> hmm. Anyways, the search for home continues. And we're working on a new pod- podcast called Home Inc. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's our inside joke. For the past few podcast ideas that I've come up with, I've used the ink at the end of the most obvious noun, and Crystal has called me on it. Coffee ink, internet ink, safety ink. It's now our thing, and hey, you're in on it too. I'm on to England next week, so you can expect some jolly good fun in the next episode. I'll be hanging out with my friends Jin and Dan, amongst others. Thanks so much for joining in today. I'd love to hear from you. I keep on saying that, but really, so few have responded. Come on, just say hi. Just send me a message. Podcast at inkandfeathercollective.com if you want to email me or tweet at me at Nate Sawatsky. If you like where this is going and want to see it become more, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Nate Sawatsky. In addition to this podcast, I'm working on a couple of others. I'd love your support. In fact, it'd be pretty critical. Lastly, I was thinking about doing a Q&A section in the near future. People keep on asking what it's like traveling throughout Europe and what it's like traveling with kids, or more specifically, what's it like traveling with six kids. If you have some questions, well, you know what to do. I'll have links in the show notes so you can get a hold of me, but, you know, podcast at Ink and Feather Collective or tweet at me at Nate Sawatsky. All right, that's episode six. Until next week, peace. <laughs>